you're listening to the Padawan Perspective Podcast, a multi-generational Star Wars experience. Brought to you by the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Division Podcast Network. With your hosts, Mark, Barrett, Taylor, and Farrow. Join us as we discuss the Rebels TV show on Disney XD, as well as Star Wars fandom across the galaxy. On the Padawan Perspective, the multi-generational podcast of the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Podcast Division. Sweet. Welcome to the Padawan's Perspective, your multi-generational podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Herleman, and joining me today, we've got my daughter, Taylor Jade. Hello. And from our Southern Jedi Enclave, we have Jedi Master Baron Lawton and his Padawan Pharaoh. How's it going, guys? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you? We're doing very well. I love it when you call the West Coast Jedi Enclave. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I have this fondness for Coran Horn, and when he set up his own Jedi Enclave on Corellia, I was like, ooh, I like that. That just sounds so nice. <laughs> well, we're coming from the Jedi Enclave. This is summer programming. We kind of took a hiatus for our Padawans, so we're mm-hmm, back. Yeah, we are uh, sitting in our, our redesigned studio here at the uh, the Rogue Studio. Taylor just got accepted into Advance, which is the uh, number one dance group of her uh, dance troupe, so that's kind of cool. Getting to go down to Disneyland, in fact, next year. So she's pretty excited about that. Why don't you talk about that real quick, Tay? My dance teacher now, Karen, who owns the dance studio and everything, she has been trying to get offered and accepted at the exact same time to perform at Disneyland and stuff. And there was two different things going on. There's one at Disney World and Disneyland. Well, she got accepted to the Disneyland one. And we get to perform in the Disneyland parade in front of the Disney castle and stuff like that. It's cool. That is pretty cool. They did Minions was their theme this year. It was really fun to watch. Congratulations uh, that you, you got thank, that honor. Thank so you. Disneyland, that's closer to us, right? That's not... In- yeah. Yeah. When are you coming down? Next spring break. I have no idea when that is. All we got told was it was during spring break. That's Excellent. Cool. And Pharaoh, you're doing some MMA stuff, right? Like, that's what you got going on after this episode, in fact, right? It's kind of it's kind of weird, but it's kind of cool because I was originally doing boxing, but then I transitioned to this, and it's it's different, but it's more or less the same thing. So I don't know what that's called. If Do you go from a youngling to a Padawan to a Padawan learner? How, how does that work? Maybe that's when he becomes War Padawan. You know, what's interesting, though, is, and I don't know if Pharaoh did this on purpose, but he, he talked about transitioning, and something about this episode also transitions. So let's, uh, let's jump right into it, and with that, let's move into Warhead. Warhead is the 14th episode from the third season, 51st episode of the series overall. It is aired... January 14, 2017 on Disney XD. Zeb and Chopper bring a damaged droid found in the Adalon wilderness back to base, only to discover that the droid is a new Imperial probe programmed to spy on and destroy the Rebels. Or as we get on cable, a new droid arrives at the Rebel base, but is not what it appears to be. I could see your lips moving in the corner as I read that. (laughs) (laughs) Why is the cable one always so short? A new droid arrives at the Rebel base but it's not what it appears to be. That it sounds nothing like what Pharaoh just read. 
Yeah, know? they're like they're like we've got only 22 minutes here. We cannot possibly give away too much. I mean, literally, the rundown on this is when left on chopper base in charge, Zeb has problems that quickly escalate when there's a disturbance that he investigates, and it turns up that there's an old protocol droid, which he then brings back to the base, repairs, only to discover it's an Imperial infiltrator droid that it's going to give away the rebels' location. So he's got to have some quick thinking. Him and AP and Chopper they capture the droid. Then they accidentally trigger it self-destruct, but find a way to send it back to the Imperials ready to blow. I mean, you kind of can't really give it all away, so maybe that's why Cable went that route. Yeah, but Cable gives you nothing. Let me ask you, Pat, if you read that, a new droid arrives at the Rebel base, but it's not what it appears to be. Does that get you excited to watch the show? Not really. It's, it's kind of, it's like generic. That could be under almost any droid episode, to be honest. Kind of like what Pharaoh said. It's kind of just a little generic e, generic e. That's a new word. <laughs> well, I had no idea what we were going to get into when we first, when I read the description. And even when I saw the previews, kind of, you know, I saw that we had AP5 coming back, which I love AP5. He's mm-hmm. kind of really just got a lot of dry humor, right? And he's not afraid to, you know, toss some rocks at people. And. <laughs> Then we have Chopper, and we have Zeb, and we have a new droid. The main droid that was programmed to destroy the Rebels, that was like the premise of the episode, that, uh, he, he looked like C-3PO, just like a silver version of him, and I, that's like, he reminded me of C-3PO, the first one, and my dad told me right now, after the show, that that was the original C-3PO, like, design, it's kind of cool that they included that in the show. Oh, cool. I didn't realize that at all. See, for me, one of the things that stood out was just imagining now that you say that and everything, were they really going to have C-3PO be able to kind of transform that way? No, that's all a felony addition. The infiltrator droid aspect was new. So we watched the droid transition from looking like a regular protocol droid. He lengthens, extends his arms, go kind of General Grievous-like. He gets four hands, and he goes from being slow and methodical to World War Z zombie sprinting, oh my god, this droid's gonna kill us. Oh my god, Chopper. I swear. There was one part, the droid looks at Chopper, and Chopper goes like, and then freaking just takes off. The entire time while Chopper is running and everything, I'm all like, oh my gosh, Chopper, because the other droid destroyed the other droid. (laughs) That makes so much sense. (laughs) Uh, A couple minutes back before this, and so I was like, oh, please don't let that happen to Chopper, and then all of a sudden our TV went out because we had this huge thunderstorm yesterday, so it tripped me out even more, and then the TV wasn't coming on. I was like, no, thinking it was just going to end like that. And then I realized it was because of the storm. So, (laughs) yeah, that definitely took a twist. Once, once the droid transformed, the whole episode kind of took on a horror type feeling to it. Like the power seemed to be out and you came across this droid was cannibalizing other droids for parts and for power to keep himself going. So it definitely went and took a more sinister note. And it's funny, Pharaoh, that, that you mentioned that your dad had pointed that out because I had I wrote that as the question for you Padawans was what is the importance of Ralph McQuarrie because I, I put in our show notes that I have for me and Taylor here pictures as well uh, because it isn't just the droid that we see these likenesses of if you look at like the Star Wars for example you see what looks like Zeb on the cover with this type of infiltrator droid and a droid that looks like Chopper if you look at what McQuarrie has done for Dagobah 
for Empire Strikes Back, which you'll note this episode, it starts out exactly like Empire Strikes Back with the probe droids being launched out. You've got these infiltrator droids being launched out. But when you see the uh, concept art for Dagobah, one of the spiders there, the same spiders that we get on this planet, you know, you see the picture of 3PO and R2 and it's this infiltrator droid and it's choppers. So it, it made me want to ask you guys from the new perspective as somebody new to the fandom, do you guys understand and know what the importance of Ralph McQuarrie is? I think how this is important to Star Wars is because that was like the original one C-3PO wouldn't really uh, be a character or not be the same at least without Ralph McQuarrie's like original depictions of him or, or any of the characters that he that he depicted. Ralph McQuarrie had a whole bunch of designs and stuff and I feel like it kind of helped Star Wars get into the uh, creative side when it comes to the characters. No, and that's that's really precisely it. I mean, George Lucas gets the credit for creating everything that we know about Star Wars, but McQuarrie is the one that brought his original visions to life. You know, when he would describe something, it was McQuarrie that would put pen to paper and draw what that looks like. So when the Rebels animators were creating these designs, they would go back to what McQuarrie originally did and find new ways to bring that into the canon and redesign it in ways that they could reuse it. So it's really cool to see these McQuarrie things coming back in that in that way. George Lucas was very, very, very stingy, for a lack of a better word, with some of his things. You know, you can use this, but you can't use this. You know, you can use this, but only if you use it in this way. <laughs> yeah. And it seems that Disney is giving... Filoni a little bit more leeway you know he's basically I don't see him saying no to him I mean anything he really wants to use he's getting to use I mean for them to say yes to Thrawn and ships and and references mm -hmm. to the old Republic I mean it's it, it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful and I hope he keeps bringing things back I hope he keeps I'm looking at some of the Macquarie art now and I'm wondering what could he bring back? You know, you, yeah. you just mentioned those spiders, and I, I never noticed that before, but those are the spiders. Is that all he does is go through all the old things that never got used? And he's like, I'm using that. I'm using that. I'm using that. <laughs> Well, I mean, when you think about the plot of this mission, there's a lot of people that would tell you that this is a throwaway episode, but I disagree. I mean, we see Hobby and Wedge. We see that they're going on missions. We see that, that Hera's going on missions. She's leaving Zeb as a head of security. He's got bigger responsibilities. And I think that that, you know, everything that's going on in this season is building towards something bigger. And this is part of that. I mean, you know, I just got done reading uh, rebel rising and they're talking about other groups out there that are working and that are more coordinated and stuff. And they're clearly referring to Hera's group. So seeing this in a sense, you know, Hera's about to take these new pilots. I mean, they're basically new. They've haven't really worked with her that much. And she's taking them on their first mission and it's a lot of responsibility for Zeb. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that much, but then when the thick of things hits and Zeb realizes, oh, this is about to get really ugly, like, I have to take care of this now and then we're going to call her. I mean, it becomes a huge responsibility for him. And I think that had we not had that passing of the baton from Hera going off on that mission, I think that this, this episode itself would have been a, a total filler waste of an episode. But I think that that... And, and we really see it through AP because AP is kind of like the Ezra proxy in this episode. You know, he's the one that ribs Zeb at the same time, kind of keeping Zeb grounded when his head gets too big because he does. He gets that, that overblown sense of importance right out the gate. And it's not until the Sith hits the fan 
that Zeb really ratchets it down and starts to think about, well, how can I get out of this? How can I make it better? So much so that when Hera and them show up, he's kind of reluctant to really say what all happened. You know, in El Rebels, all in the background, they always refer to her as General Syndulla. Captain Syndulla, sorry. But in, like, Rogue One, we already know they call her General Syndulla. So I, I, when when is the transition? That's what I'm, like... What's the battle? You know, are we ever going to see the battle where she goes from captain to, to general? And and as you, as you, to your point, Mark, she's really a general right now. When you talk about the books and you talk about these other rebel cells that are out there, they're looking up to Phoenix Squadron. And who's the leader of Phoenix Squadron? It's, it's Hera. So she really is almost a general right now. But I can't wait to see what climactic battle and i probably i assume it has to do with thrawn they're gonna have to be able to take out thrawn somehow and maybe that's what catapults her to general but when you talk about the mission this mission here and then it's slapstick but now you have ap5 going after zeb because ap5 and chopper are kind of like best friends so ap5 is sending all these zingers at zeb and i'm just cracking up every single time he's going after him when Zeb has a plan, he's like, I didn't know you could do that. And your plan worked. And he just keeps going after Zeb. And I loved it. They're being a little inconsistent with Chopper. And I wanted to ask the Padawans if you noticed this. When Chopper talks to Zeb, AP5 is there. And Zeb says to, Chop- says to AP5, what did he say when he's talking about Chopper? And in the very same scene, Chopper talks back to Zeb. And Zeb says, I know what you mean, Chopper. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, can you understand Chopper or can't you understand Chopper? What's going on here? Yeah, I, I, I noticed that too. It was like, it was kind of obvious. You're right. It was in like one scene, maybe two scenes, but it's like, can he, yeah, can you hear him or not? Because the second thing that he said to Zeb was longer, was a longer like beep, beep, boop <laughs> than the first one. And I don't think Chopper's cussing as much. Because Hera can talk to Chopper. Can the entire team talk to Chopper? Or is it just like few and far between or what? It's kind of like when you're talking to your puppies. I mean, do you really know that Sansa's got to go potty just because she's doing a happy dance? Everybody assumes certain things. They're just like, oh, well, we kind of understand the mannerisms of these things. I mean, I, I think that's the danger of when you're dealing with droids. At one moment, you know, Chopper is a disabled war veteran, and the next moment he is a cat. <laughs> well, I, I mean, want- remember, that's how he was described. When, when they always talked about R2 being, you know, the, the family dog, that Chopper was going to be the cat, the playful, mischievous one, the one that does what it wants, not what it's told. <laughs> I always thought that description was an error. Like, you know, not everybody likes cats. You know, cats sometimes kind of ass hats. I had a some hard time a hard time understanding what the plan was supposed to be. Did you guys understand what the plan was supposed to be? But I kind of understood because I knew that they were going to use Chopper as bait. The scary droid kind of went after the other droid and was using it for its parts and stuff to basically heal itself. So I kind of understood where they were going with it. Um, I, I, I... The same thing, like basically, I kind of understood it. It was, it was it that it wasn't that clear. Once you've already seen it, though, it kind of comes together. But when they're actually making the plan, I was kind of confused on how it was gonna go. Because they were in kind of a pickle. They couldn't let the droid blow up at the base because it had the kind of a, a thermodetonator inside of it. What a droid, you know. It and seems it couldn't like disappear. It yeah. had to report back. Their plan is to put the countdown mechanism on hold. AP5 reprograms the droid to restart the countdown mechanism once it reconnects contact with with the Empire. It can only do that short range because they blow off the long range communication dish that's on his craft. 
Yeah, so, they also triggered its return to base function because they they wiped its memory so it couldn't show what it saw. Because I was like, well, if the explosion's not, I mean, they really bet on the Imperial explosion. You know, had that device been weak, there would have been parts of the droid left that they could have found out where it came from. But because of the fact that the Empire was so paranoid, they put such a big explosive device in there that it wiped out most of the Star Destroyer that you could guarantee that the droid itself was gone. But it was an odd play because they're like, either way, that droid didn't report in, so it left something for them to investigate on that planet regardless. I mean, yeah, they sent it back and it slightly worked out. You know, it was it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we got two droids in there. There's no life signs. I'll let it go through. But it, it really felt like it was a luck of the draw. You have three heroes, three of our heroes come together who you would not think could come up with this and save the whole base. And that's basically what they did. Callus deflects it. He says, well, let's wait until the next cycle. And it and if if it doesn't uh, report in by the next cycle, then we'll follow up. Knowing that the Empire is big. Knowing that it's hard to follow up once they move on. Trying to give the Rebels some time. He's doing his part. Then we get Thrawn. And what does Thrawn say? He narrowed it down because he only put the droids in so many planets. Yeah, there's 94 planets now he's closing in. And when you think about it, that's really scary. Practically, he says the whole universe they could be hiding in. <laughs> yeah. And now he's narrowed it down to basically 100 planets. The rebels are in bad shape right now. Yeah. It's funny because you said this plan was like Thrawn-level genius, so then Thrawn's actual genius counteracted their <laughs> Thrawn-level genius plan. Yeah. As AP said, what do you know? Your plan actually worked. <laughs> So at this point, we know that Agent Callus is Fulcrum. Does Thrawn know? Is he on to Callus? Thrawn does not know. At this point, that's, he doesn't know because he's still in the war room with Thrawn. Yeah, and and he, and he's managed to be in all the right places. Like, when the explosion goes off, he is literally standing on a bridge like, what is going on? Like, you know, so he's got the, the right alibi so far at all these locations. Man. Thrawn looks good. Every time, you know, we just bought our, our our television that we had for 10 years took a crap. So we just end up buying a new television and it's like the 4K. I like splurged. I went to the 55-inch 4K curved. Man, Thrawn's evil red eyes look so good on the 4K, man. He looks like he's burning into my soul. <laughs> like he wants to steal my art. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a loss. Nothing is ever a loss to Thrawn. He's going to use this information to get to our Rebels. I like this episode. It didn't have my general attention, hence Thunderstorm, and I am a weirdo when it comes to weather. I had most of my attention on that. I like this episode. I feel like it brought more of a, not so much a teacher aspect to Zeb, but a mature aspect. Showing that he can take action. Yeah, that word. (laughs) Responsible. Brought out responsibility to Zeb. I totally agree with you because usually when he's with Ezra or even with Chopper, kind of tickling and do, and kind of messing around, now he's not really playing into that. You know, he's still kind of the happy-go-lucky Zeb. He's not going to, you know, throw milk cartons, you know, at Chopper anymore. You know what I mean? He, he is kind of growing <laughs> up, becoming True. more of a leader. 
I like this episode. It's just a character development episode with, with Zeb and AP5, really, and I like the episode. I felt like it wasn't a throwaway episode. It better not be yeah. a throwaway episode. Those droid builders, man, you know. No, I, I'm with a- Pharaoh on this. There was a lot of character development. I mean, you you see Zeb, who has gone from, as AP puts it, you know, lift things, punch things. That's your specialty. To, you know, now we're seeing that he's, he's more calculating. He's able to work a team, even a team that, that doesn't necessarily agree with his tactics. So we see Zeb move, but we also see AP grow through this episode because AP is ribbing Zeb the whole time and basically giving Zeb the impression that Zeb is inferior to the job at hand. And yet what's going on for AP? He's walking through and he's cataloging everything and everywhere he goes, he's like, everything is so out of order. This is going to take me forever. And then this new infiltrator droid shows up and what's it do? It scans everything in like 30 seconds. It's categorized everything. It's made AP look as foolish as AP has been making Zeb look. And by the the end of the episode ap respects zeb a lot more than he did at the beginning so you watch the crew grow more because at this point ap is a part of the crew he's a second cast member to the main cast but the squadron is continuing to grow i don't feel like it was a complete filler episode at all i feel like this one was one of those necessary backstories that you needed while bigger stories were being told and that bigger story in this case being hair and whatever is going on with the rest of the phoenix squadron where do you think we should go from here? I honestly see the Phoenix Squadron to all get caught slowly. You dark side sister. I never actually. <laughs> I, I mean, I've thought some dark fates, but the entire group getting caught, like, that's a very Rogue One-esque kind of ending, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing, that, like, Thrawn's just going to slowly build up more knowledge, and at the end there's going to be a battle, or he's going to capture them, or something. I feel like mm. Thrawn's going to, I don't know, be a big part of the final episodes. Well, guys- as we know, Lego Freemaker is in a weird canon era. Like, it doesn't quite exist in canon, yet it's still a canon-esque product. And we know that Hera shows up in the post-Return of the Jedi era. So, hopefully, she makes it out. If Thrawn does capture one of the Phoenix crew and kills one, who do you think it's going to be? Ezra's going to die. You think it's going to be Ezra? <laughs> Ezra's going to die. Ezra's going to die. Um, he's been he's been like built up as just some snarky. Uh, he's gonna die. I'm not a fan of the DJ theory. Then no, I could see Kanan dying. Honestly, I could I could see Kanan dying and it bringing Ezra to become really powerful and everything, and then end up end up killing uh, what's his face. Ron. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. You no, know, that's more see, logical. But I want Ezra. To die. <laughs> he wants see, Ezra. To die. Now, now you. Pr- I don't know if you've heard the DJ theory here, but. In The Last Jedi, there is a character that Del Toro is playing that they are only calling DJ, which they say will be for obvious reasons. Now, the two theories are that the DJ stands for Dark Jedi and that it's Ezra, or it's Damien Jarrus, and it is Ezra's alternate name that he takes after Kanan dies in the series and he goes on the run and goes into hiding. Both of which I think would be interesting ways to bring Ezra into the film side of the universe um but i yeah and thought about it like that like i would love that to be true and i saw i've seen the pictures of uh, del toro benicio del toro and he kind of has the same scar where ezra has a scar but here's where it won't work ezra luke 
and Leia are about the same age. Benicio del Toro is way, way too young to be the same age as Luke. Yeah, but think about about Obi Wan, right? Okay, Obi Wan and Bail Organa were about the same age, and look at how Bail looked to come Episode Four, and then look at how Obi Wan looked. I mean, Force users that are actively using the Force clearly it affects them in a different way. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, they he. I mean, we're talking about twenty five years, though. I mean. Benicio del Toro looks like he's might be in his forties. Yeah, someone and also had said that the two 80s, scars. You know, they're like, well, Del Toro's got one scar. We had Ezra with two, and I'm like, well, but look at, at Kylo Ren. Like, scar continuity doesn't really no, matter. Anymore. But Luke and Leia are in their eighties, close to <laughs> it, and their Del Toro's at his pushing maybe fifty at the most in that picture. So, the, the yeah. age doesn't work. But I would love for it to be Ezra, but I don't think so. Sounds like there's a consensus, though, that Thrawn's not going to make it out of this series. Is that is that what you're feeling, Pharaoh? I think he probably will die. I don't know. There's a chance that he'll survive or, like, run away. Like, is Vader dead? Or is it he? Not at this dead? point. At this point, he's still alive and kicking. Yeah, because maybe he'll, it'll not? seem like he's dead, but he's not dead. Well, so, so Taylor said, what if they teamed up, which... I will throw this this way. If you've read the Thrawn book, you find out that Vader and, and Thrawn have teamed up. But it was while Anakin was Anakin Skywalker and not Darth Vader. So there is some fruit that has been left on the table to spoil if uh, Timothy Zahn, the writer that wrote the Thrawn book, doesn't come back and uh, tell us more about what happened back in the Clone Wars and give us a follow-up with Vader and Thrawn. Uh, what I think would be sad yet also fulfilling – I don't want to see Thrawn die in the Rebels series, but if he does, I think that he is the victory that the Rebels need. You know, if they can take Thrawn off the galactic playboard, that's a win. And as much as I would hate to see that for the character Thrawn and for the overall, you know, nastiness that he could bring to the galaxy, that is a, a huge win for this series overall that you could end on. If you just go by what Filoni does, he uses a character. Villains last about two seasons. How long did the original Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor, last? About two seasons. Well, what about Admiral Trench? Well, I'm talking Krell. about Major. Well, Pond okay, Krell. Yeah, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you those. Are, and those we're talking about happen. Rebels here. I'm just going with Filoni's examples, but you're right. Those aren't major characters. So, yes, your point and stands. Pond Krell did come back. He did come back for a second episode in a different. Well, and so did and so did Trench too. Trench so came back Trent. later too. So he uses the he uses the enemies for about two ep, two seasons. You know, within two seasons, and then he go he moves on. So that he did that with the Inquisitor. He's done that basically with the seventh sister, fifth fifth sister, seventh sister, and the fifth son. We really haven't seen him too much this season at all. And he did that with Ahsoka. He did that with Vader. So. I'm thinking that Thrawn at least has another half a season left. The rest of the season, maybe another half season. But I do think Thrawn does kill one of the team. And I think it's going to be possibly AP5 or maybe even Zeb. Oh, it's going to be Sabine. One of them's got to go. Yeah, I can see it. I I, I hate to, to even think it, but... As someone that has watched ahead in the seasons, I think that Sabine's character would be a good choice because of things that they've moved forward in those plots. But yes, oh, and and another thing is Sabine's going to be a a major character in the new cartoon series, the Force, the female Force one. She's already going to be a character in the what's that? The new cartoon that's coming out. Oh, uh, forces are forces change? of change. 
So she's a major character in that one. So if she dies in Rebels, she still her character's still going to live in uh, in other things. So she's she could go, but definitely Thrawn's going to take one of them out. And if they if they're going to they would do a disservice to Thrawn if he's not brilliant enough to capture one of them and kill him. So I think that's coming, and then he'll be taken out. So that wraps up this episode of the Padawan's Perspective. We'd like to thank everyone who joined us today for coming in and giving us a listen. You can find our episodes directly on the Star Wars Report 2nd Airborne Division of Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Now, before we go, we want to mention to you our Audible trial. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash starwarsreport, you get a free trial run of audible.com to see what they're all about. Audible has more than 100,000 titles for you to explore. Titles from the Expanding Universe or the Harry Potter one or any other genre. They're all without risk of getting stuck with a book you flat out hate because Audible members can exchange any book that's within 12 months, that's one year, with no questions asked. So in this digital age, if you're thinking of making the switch from the page to the audiobook, Audible just might be right for you. For the Padawan's Perspective, this has been Mark. Tay. Pharaoh. And parents saying, "May the force be with you." And until next time, I'm sure everything will go horribly wrong. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. Bravo! Thank you for listening to our show. For more content, please like our Facebook and Twitter pages. Theme song by Subconscious Tunes. Announcements by Brock. Sponsored by War Machine Marketing. Remember, you can find the Padawan Perspective and all the Star Wars Report Second Airborne Podcasts at www.starwarsreport.com. Until next time, I'm sure everything will go horribly wrong. Can you say a little bit more? Is it terribly wrong? Yes, terribly wrong. Terribly horribly. So, say it with a little more oomph. Horribly, horribly wrong. Um. Until next time. Until next time, I'm sure. <laughs> what, what, what are you from England? Until next time. No, just say until next time. Until sound next. Like, sound like a kid. I am a kid. What? Sound like a Padawan. I'm, uh, the force. Okay. Um.